Everybody awake? That's good because I am too. And Pastor Sean had uh, contacted me this, uh, this week and said, would I do this? I said, oh, I would uh, be more than happy to help you in any way that I can. So we're going to get right into it <clears throat> this morning so that we have time to cover everything I have to say. And uh, so as he's already said, uh, in the steps, uh, you should have been reading chapter 6 through 12, uh, which is uh, the, uh, the chapter for today. And so I was looking at these uh, chapters and uh, figuring out, trying to ask the Lord, okay, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? I mean, there's a lot of good stuff here. Chapter 6, there's the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. And in chapter 7, we see Jesus at the, uh, uh, the Feast of, of Booths and where he, he tells the people that from out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Uh, in chapter 8, uh, uh, we see the story, of course, of Jesus encountering the woman who was caught in uh, adultery. In chapter 9, uh, he uh, heals uh, the blind man and, um, uh, of course, gets into the controversy about healing on the Sabbath and so forth. But then I got to, we get to chapter 10, and I said, okay, this is where we're going to stop a moment, and we're going to pull a few obscure verses out of chapter 10 and see what the Lord might have to say to us today. And so that's where uh, we're going to focus. Chapter 10, of course, is usually known as the chapter about Jesus saying that he is the good shepherd, and he is. But I don't know about you, but in today's society and culture, I'm getting sick and tired of all the voices that I'm hearing. How about you? I mean, there is such a cacophony of voices, and whether it's on the television or whether... Uh, you know, it's on your uh, iPhones or, you know, and you don't know who to believe anymore, right? I mean, I don't care if it's about um, uh, COVID, you know, there's this side that says, oh, you got to take the, the vaccines, and then there's this side that says, oh, no, don't, don't you know, don't do that, go the natural, and there's all these voices, the political leaders, oh, my goodness, you know, if you say you're a Republican, well, then the Democrats attack you. But if you're a Democrat, then the Republicans attack you. And it's like, you know, there is such a loud, distracting uh, cacophony of voices out there. And you just don't know who to believe anymore, right? Well, I'm going to help you with that this morning because I believe there is a voice that we can hear and not only hear, but listen to and respond to, and that is the voice of God. Do you remember the old commercial? Uh, I think it was Verizon, right? Where the guy was standing in different places, and the famous saying was, can you hear me now? Remember? Yeah. And he'd go to different other places, and get, can you hear me now? You know, and he'd go to some other place. Can you hear me now? I wonder if God isn't speaking from heaven and saying, can you hear me now? What voices are you listening to? You know, there's an old saying that goes like this. Knowledge speaks. Yeah, it sure does. And it seems like we're just filled with a bunch of knowledge. 
But then it goes on to say, but wisdom listens. And the problem is not knowledge. The problem is not a bunch of voices speaking. The problem is in our wisdom in who we are listening to. Social media? Is that what we're really listening to? I'm going to tell you, you'll get so confused. You'll listen to stuff, and then you'll get angry about this, and suddenly, you know, you're, you're, you're at odds with, with, with this person, and uh, politically, oh my goodness. Church, don't fall into the trap of just listening to any voice. There's only one that we need to listen to, and that is the voice of God. So in John chapter 10 and verses 3 to 5, we see these words. Jesus is speaking, and it says, To him the gatekeeper opens. You know, he's talking about being the, uh, you know, the good shepherd. And he goes on to say, The sheep the sheep, let me say this again, the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out all his own, he, Jesus, goes before them and the sheep follow him for they, for they, that's the problem. I wonder, do we really know the voice of God? Do we really know the voice of God? In fact, John also, as Pastor Sean has pointed out before, he not only uh, wrote the Gospel of John, but 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, the letters to the church, and the book of Revelation, the, uh, the, the apocalyptic uh, book of, of um, Revelation. And if you read the book of Revelation in chapters 2 and in chapters 3, he's addressing seven churches, Right? And at the end of each address, this is what he says to the church. And he simply says this, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You know, we need a filter. We need a spiritual filter to be able to filter what is being said out there through the word of what Jesus speaks to us. That's what we need, church. Faith comes, uh, Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 simply says this, faith comes by, what are we going to hear? The word of God, the voice of God, and hearing by the word of Christ. Yes. If God says something once in the Scriptures, I would say it's important, wouldn't you? Well, when he says it like seven times in the book of Revelation, the issue isn't whether or not the pastors had an ear to hear what the Spirit was saying to the churches or the prophet or the teacher. It was, look at anybody in the church... If you have an ear to hear, you will hear what I have to say to you. So the problem isn't in the delivery of the message. The problem is in the hearing and listening of the message. 
And I don't know about you, but I'm sure I've talked to a lot of people and say, oh, well, you know, that's fine. You know, you talk about being able to hear the voice, you know, the voice of God. Uh, but I have questions. And so I've kind of put this presentation down, uh, at least this portion of the Scripture, in, uh, in the form of questions. And the first question is simply this. Does God still speak? The emphatic answer is, yes, he does. Again, it's not in that God doesn't speak. It's that we're not listening. Now, I'm going to give you a very practical illustration. I want you to be real quiet for a moment, and I want you to listen real carefully. Do you hear that? Do you hear it? Oh, come on. Don't, don't, don't you hear that? Huh? I know you're looking at me like he's gone crazy. He's lost his marbles. I don't hear anything except for maybe the fan, you know, this running wind. No, don't you hear the music? Huh? You're looking at me strange. Well, I don't hear it either. But that doesn't mean there's not music in this room. And if you had a radio receiver, or you put, take out your phone and go to iTunes or whatever, guess what? You'll pull the music right out of this room, the sound waves, and you'll be able to what? Hear it. You see, the issue isn't that God's not speaking. The issue is, are we tuned in enough to be able to hear what it is that he is saying to us, the church? In fact, I believe Jesus is saying, can you hear me now? The second one is simply this. Who does God speak to? Well, we know he speaks, of course, to Pastor Sean. You know, he's the pastor of the church, you know, and... And uh, we know he speaks, uh, you know, to these great men of God. And, and Well, the bottom line is, yes, but guess what? God speaks to me. Everybody say me. That's me. Remember that commercial that they're playing out? Me, 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 you know, about selling a house or, or whatever it is. Me, me, me. You know, I know sometimes you think, well, that's being, you know, rather selfish or self-centered or whatever. No. God wants to speak to you, and he is speaking to you. I believe that with my whole heart. The problem is, are we tuned in enough to hear what it is that he's speaking to us? You see, a lot of people say, well, that's fine, but uh, how do I know that's God? I mean, how do I recognize that that's God speaking to me and that it's not, well, you know, me or the devil? You know, coming along and wanting to whisper in my... How do I know? Well, let me make it real practical and, and real simple for you, okay? It takes practice. Huh? Practice? Yeah. Experiential practice. If I was to... If, if, if Ken Combs was, was going to call me, okay, on the phone, and I didn't know him from Adam... And he calls me, and I say, hello. He says, hi, Dave. How you doing? Uh, good. Who's this? 
Oh, this is Ken. Ken, oh, oh, okay, yeah, what, what can I help you with? You know, and we have a conversation. The next day, he calls again. I pick up the phone, and he goes, hi, Dave, how you doing? I go, uh, good. Who is this? This is Ken. Oh, I thought it was, but I, I wasn't quite sure, okay? The next day, he calls again, and he says, hi, Dave, how you doing? And I go, is this Ken? <laughs> yes, it's Ken. Oh, I thought I kind of recognized your voice, but, you know. And the next day, pretty soon, he's going to call me, and he's going to say, hi, Dave, this is Joe Schmo." I go, oh, no, it's not. This is Ken Coons because I know your voice, right? Well, that's the way it is, spiritually speaking. It's not that hard. But what it does uh, require is time to spend with someone that you're trying to build a relationship with. And pretty soon, with all the cacophony of voices and what you're going to be tuned into is what God is saying concerning the situation and the circumstance. So, God speaks to me. The next question is simply this. Why does God speak to us? Why on earth would God in heaven, who created the universe, want to reveal himself and speak to me, this puny little human, you know, here on, on earth. Is it so that, you know, he can give us some great prophetic revelation? Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't do that and, and, and that he can't do that, but generally speaking, no. That's not why he wants to speak to us. Do you know why God want to speak, wants to speak to you? It's so that he can change us. That's why he speaks to us. That's what he wants to do and speak to each and every one of us. You see, sometimes it's pretty simple what God reveals to us. I heard the story, and I don't know, Pastor John, if you know Juan Carlos Ortiz or if you've ever heard of him or not, but years ago during the, the height of the charismatic movement, he was a, he was a, a great speaker. He, he, he was just really good. And... Um, I'll never forget one time he was given an illustration, again, about God speaking, you know, to him. And he says, you know, why is it that we make it so hard recognizing the voice of God to our own hearts and lives? Why do we make it difficult? He says, he says for instance, he says, when I got up the other day and uh, I went to the bathroom and I shaved, you know, and uh, when I was all done, I went to turn to leave. And he says, and I felt like the Lord said to me, Johnny, and he goes, Yes, Lord, you're going to reveal some great revelation to me now? And he said, clean out the sink. What? Clean out the sink. Okay, so he cleans the sink, goes, gets changed, you know, what? and, uh, and uh, changing his clothes, he leaves stuff all over. He goes and leaves the bedroom, and he, and he says, I know the Lord said my name again. And he says, Johnny, yes, Lord, you want to speak to me? You want to reveal... Hang up your clothes. What? <laughs> Hang up your clothes. Okay, so he hung up his clothes. He said he had breakfast and walked out the door and he's walking down the sidewalk. Third time, he says he felt the Lord say to him, 
Johnny, yes, Lord. Now you want to tell me something, you know? Uh, uh, give me a revelation. He says, you forgot to kiss your wife goodbye. So he turned around and went back in and went. He said, now listen, you may think that's oversimplification. He says, but it really is that simple. He says, because God's desire is to change us. What we want is God to speak to us so that you can yell it at somebody else. Or you want God to change them, speak to them. And we stay in the same state of mind, you know, that we are now. Now, the bottom line is, he said, when I chose to listen to what I believe was the voice of God, you know what? It brought such a peace and confidence in my heart and spirit. I didn't have to. I could have left the sink a mess. I could have left the clothes over. But when I did it, when I responded to what I believed was the voice of God, why, the whole day changed. And so, God wants to speak to us because he wants to continually change and upgrade our thoughts and our attitudes. That's why he speaks. And the last question is, well, how does God speak? Does he speak in an audible voice? I believe God can speak in an audible voice. I believe God can speak through godly counsel. I believe God can speak through our times of prayer and communication with him. I believe God can speak through our experiences and circumstances. But the most practical, the most um, used, if I can use that terminology, way for God to speak to us is through his word. Through his word. This is what we call the logos. You say, what's that? Is that a candy bar or is that some kind of, what, what's logos? Logos simply means it's the universal word of God. Pastor Sean began the series in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was God, okay? Not only with God but was God, okay? The word, this is the revealed universal word of God. And then, as we take a look at uh, the Word of God, and as we study it, and as we, as, we, as we read it, I believe God can speak to you directly. He can make that passage of Scripture that you're reading alive, and He can speak it into your spirit where you have an aha moment. That's what we call the rhema. The rhema, the rhema, the living, the active word and personal word of God to my own heart. That's what the Holy Spirit can do. And so God speaks to us through his word, though he does many other. I hope God is speaking to you through his word today. Jesus said, hey, can you hear me now? Forget about all that other noise out there. Let me be the filter. Let me, through my word, the Logos, which can become the rhema, personal, living Word of God to your own heart and your own soul. I like this passage or this statement that Rick Warren makes in his uh, book, Purpose Driven Life. And this is what he says. Listen to this. 
The Bible, the Word of God, is far more than a doctrinal guidebook. God's Word generates life, creates faith, produces change, frightens the devil, causes miracles, heals hurts, builds character, imparts joy, overcomes adversity, defeats temptation, infuses hope, releases power, cleanses our minds, brings things into being, and guarantees our future forever. Hallelujah. You see, I am just simple enough to believe that if you as husbands and wives will listen to the voice of God through even His Word, that you will learn to become the godly man and woman, husband and wife, that you will become, uh, to learn the principle of learning to lay down your lives for one another. Fathers <coughs> and mothers who are listening I, to the voice of God, I believe, will learn to lead their children in wisdom and know how to raise their children in the fear and the admonition of God with all the noise out there. Life group leaders, ministry leaders, I believe if we will listen <clears throat> to the voice of God, to our own hearts, that we will be led by the Spirit in such a way that we will then be able to disciple that, uh, the, uh, those that God has put in our care as an elder in this body and others, you know, if we would just listen to the voice of God and seek His anointing and divine uh, guidance, I believe we can learn how to shepherd the sheep of God who are in this place. Business leaders, I believe, I'm simple enough to believe that if you will listen to the voice of God, He can give you the spirit of Joseph and Daniel and give you a creativity in such a way that your business will expand and you'll even be able uh, to be entrepreneurial in other areas of your life. Government and political leaders, oh, how we need for them to hear the voice of God, right? That's what we need to pray for. But if they would, and if they would seek the Lord and godly counsel and advice, then I think they will have proper policy when it comes down to instituting and governing our nation. Teachers and educators, I believe if you will listen to the voice of God and seek the Lord, then He'll give you new <clears throat> and innovative ways to teach the children and uh, the youth of uh, this uh, generation for the necessary skills in order for them to succeed in life. Children can hear the voice of God. Teenagers, you can hear the voice of God. And I believe if you will tune in <laughs> and that uh, uh, you won't become conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you, I believe, will become a powerful prophetic voice to your peers and a powerful influence upon our culture. That's when we hear the voice of God. Now, I want to end this, and i got to quickly do this.
because I want to jump into chapter 11. This is the story, of course, where Lazarus had died. You remember? Lazarus is dead. And um, the word then goes out and, and uh, Jesus uh, tells his uh, dis disciples, first of all, he says, well, Jesus uh, says to uh, his disciples, well, Lazarus is asleep. <coughs> well, his disciples said, well, if he's just sleeping, he's going to wake up, right? <laughs> Jesus says, no, he's dead. <laughs> and so if I was to give a, a title to this chapter, it would simply be this, denial, I mean, delay is not denial. Delay is not denial. I don't know what you're going through. I know what the church is going through right now, looking for a building. And we get anxious. I, listen, we've got to pray for Pastor Sean and Tara. And, uh, you know, we have got to understand that sometimes there is a delay that will come in our life. John chapter 11, verse 6. This is what Jesus said when he heard. He said, so when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he what? Stayed two days longer in the place where he was. What? Why didn't Jesus just run? Uh, Lazarus is sick. I better get to him so I can lay hands on him and, you know, and, and he'll be healed. He delayed. He knew what the problem was, and he said, nope. And so, the, and so they say, well, why are you delaying? Well, he says that in, in the two verses before that. In, in verse 4, he says this, For the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through what? His delaying. Listen, church, I don't know what it is that you're going through right now, but I can tell you this. Keep on keeping on. Keep on praying. Keep on believing. You say, well, God, this just doesn't seem to answer my prayer. It just might be that there is a delay. He might be purposefully delaying it. Now, we know the story, right? Jesus gets there. Lazarus is dead. And, and twice, people come to him and say, well, Jesus, if you'd only been here before he died, you know, what's the matter with you? I mean, you could have just laid hands on him and ta-da, he would have been, you know, up running, jumping around. Well, and Jesus says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Listen to my voice. I am the resurrection and the life. Now, of course, they all say, well, Jesus, yes, we know. But one day, he's going to be resurrected. Jesus says, all right, take me to the tomb. And we know the story, right? Here, here he is. He's at the, he's, he's at the tomb. And Mary uh, says, wait a minute. Uh, uh, I better warn you. He's been dead for four days. He's going to stink. You know, he's already started the decaying process. And Jesus stood before the tomb. Now, get this. Now, why? I, I, I don't understand this. Why didn't Jesus do his Jedi magic trick and roll the stone away? He didn't. He told the people who were there, you can participate in this miracle by rolling the stone away. That's what God wants to do for each of us, right? And so Jesus stands in front of the tomb. We know the story, right? 
And he goes, Lazarus, come forth. And it's a good thing he called Lazarus by name. Because if he would have just said, come forth, the whole graveyard would have gotten up and come. But he says, Lazarus, come forth. And here comes Lazarus. I don't get this. What's the matter with Jesus? Why doesn't he just snap his fingers and all the bandages and all the stuff, you know, go off. No, so what does he say? He says, I delayed coming here to uh, provide this miracle in your life so that you know that, yes, I am the Son of God and that I want you to hear my voice and participate in this miracle. I want you now to unwrap them. <laughs> Church, that's why, we, that's why we exist. We exist to help unwrap the uh, resurrected Lazaruses in our life and in our community. I don't know where it is or, 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 and again, what the situation is that you might be facing today, and there might be a lot of dead things in your life. I believe if you will listen to the voice of God, He will speak to you. Speak to you. Now, He may say no. That's a denial, okay? But if He doesn't, chances are it's a delay. And what we need to do is do as I said earlier. We need to keep on keeping on. We need to believe. Listen. We need to support and, and uphold Pastor Sean and Tara because I know this is a burden on their backs. But listen to me, and I want to say this carefully. Before that miracle where Sean can call it forth, we might have a job yet to do. To roll the stone away, the hindrances, and when the miracle does take place, we got a whole lot of work to do. Are you ready? Can you hear me now? I believe Jesus is speaking. Let him speak to you personally through his word. Let it become active and alive and let it become rhema to your own hearts and lives. I believe God wants to reveal his essence and his person to you in a very real, authentic, powerful, personal way. Can you hear me now? Let's pray. Father, may we be able to hear the voice of God. May we be able to not just, uh, uh, just have an intellectual understanding of who Jesus is and, and what it is that uh, he has portrayed. But Lord, help us as the people of God, starting right here at Thrive Chapel. May we hear the voice of God. May we push out all the other distractions, all the other voices, and help us to focus in on you. Lord, help us in our prayer life. Tonight, we're going to gather in this place to pray. And Lord, we're going to present our petitions to you. But more importantly than that, Lord, can we open our ears to hear what you want to say to us individually and corporately as a body. Speak, Lord, like I, uh, 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 Eli said. Speak, Lord, because your servant is hearing. He's listening. Speak to our own hearts and lives, we pray in Jesus' name.